Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I feel rested. I bet you do, you've been on vacation. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty tired. We did a lot of walking. Theme parks and Gatlinburg and all that, you know, hiking in the Smoky Mountains, there's a lot of walking involved in that. Yes. So, I, a lot of steps, but it was good to kind of get away for a week. Well, very good. And your family had a good time? They did. We had a great time. So one of our, you know, most fun vacations we've had, you know, especially in the, it's the best vacation we've had since last year because <laughs> it's the only right. vacation we've really had since last year. So. Yes. Well, we did well, have vacations- the, the beach. We did have that beach thing around Thanksgiving, but didn't do right. a whole lot there. Right. Yeah. Vacations have been, have, have been different for the last year and still a lot of having to isolate even while on vacation. And so getting mm-hmm. to start kind of getting out, doing some things, that's, that's a great, great opportunity. Got to admit though, it's kind of hard to isolate in Pigeon Forge this past week because I, uh, I think I everyone in East Tennessee within like a hundred mile or 200, 300 mile radius of East Tennessee was there. It felt like it was, it was overrun with people, but, but people were doing a good job doing with their masks, with their social distancing. So I never, there was only maybe one or two times where I ever felt semi-uncomfortable, never really felt uncomfortable, but semi-uncomfortable, wasn't able to kind of distance myself and, and everything felt fine. And we're all doing fine, all feeling healthy. So, you know, feels pretty good. Excellent. That's you wear great. your mask, you stay away from people and, you know, you can still have some fun. Well, it's like we said, we're figuring we've we're figuring these things out or we figured yes. them out over the mm-hmm. last year how to still do things even with uh some of the guidelines. So. Yeah. So, had a great time. So, uh, you know, but news doesn't stop in the SBC even when one of us is on vacation, right? That's right. So, you've been in, in, even in some meetings occasionally as much as we tried yep. to let you a few you, phone calls this week. Right, right. As much as we tried to let you be away, uh, we had to we had to call on you a little bit because yep. it it was a busy busy week. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a minute. Before we do that, though, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week. SBC this week is sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get your theological training and the hands on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor, master, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more about Southwestern at swbts.edu. Amy, uh, talked to a couple of buddies over there this week. A quick friend of the pod shout out and congrats to Colby Adams and his wife as yes. they announced that they're, uh, they're having a baby boy. That's another right. Boy. That's so right. They've got a girl and a boy, and now they're having a third one. Uh, going to be they a boy. Have another so, one. Congrats to them. Uh, I think do I think was it November? Did I see that correctly? Did I read that correctly? Um, later this year. Let's just say the fall. How about that? Yes, later later so, this year is a good good yeah. way to. So, congrats to Colby and his wife Amanda, and uh, just uh, excited for them. So I know um, good to see friends of the pod having babies because babies are the best, Amy. It's been a long time since I've had one. <laughs> Every time I say that, my wife will like, if she overhears me say something about how great babies are, and she's like, nope, we're done. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. And at, at 40 plus, I don't think uh, that's a, anything that I, I want to be tackling right now anyway. So <laughs> I got nothing. I'm done. <laughs> 
Okay. I, yeah. You, let's you move agree. on. You agree with me on that. Part. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to move on, but we've got two right. teenagers. We're happy. We're in a good season and we are, uh, we offer our hearty congratulations to Colby Adams yes, and his family. Absolutely. All right, so hey, let's jump into this. Um, Some sad news, some disturbing news out of Georgia this past week uh, where a member of a Southern Baptist church uh, shot and killed eight people, uh, six of them Asian-Americans at massage parlors in the Atlanta area. Uh, Amy, you've been dealing with this this week. I've been on the phone with folks down there. And so a really sad event this week uh, for the Atlanta community, the Asian-American community in Atlanta as well, and and across the the country, uh, but also for Crabapple First Baptist Church. That's right. And they did release a statement. They released a, a, a shorter statement earlier in the week, right right after it happened. And then they released a longer statement, maybe last night, this morning, something like that. We're recording this on Friday. So for a little while, they had just turned off everything. And then when they turned it back on, as far as their internet presence, when they turned it back on, they had information and FAQ, things like that. So we have a, a, so we have a story on that on Baptist Press, um, that they they condemned the extreme and wicked actions and the motives of uh, of Robert Aaron Long, who had been a member of their church, it sounds like really grew up in the church. Um, so he is 21 years old. He has been charged with eight counts of murder, one count of aggravated assault. Um, the church in their statement expressed grief for the victims and their families. They said this is a time of unimaginable pain and sorrow and that they were absolutely devastated. They also indicated that they would be beginning processes of church discipline, which I know, you know, a lot of folks because this is a national story now. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. And that may be something that not everyone reading the news stories is familiar with, but a lot of our listeners will be, and, and Baptist Press readers will understand what's going on there. And they essentially said, we can no longer affirm that he is truly a regenerate believer in Jesus Christ. And so they have begun that process of church discipline. Um, but that entire statement and the FAQs are at Baptist Press and also on the on the church's website. Uh, lots of conversation about this. It's been very difficult. I tell you, on, I believe it was Wednesday was when we were really dealing with this this story um, and everyone was 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 sharing it, reading it. I that was a heavy, heavy day. Just just dealing with the news itself. And you know, it was a real struggle to just to understand, and as the police explained what they had learned in interrogation, uh, to get the sense of the dehumanization that was involved in this crime was just very difficult for me. That weighed weighed heavily on me. I went to went to sleep on Wednesday night, just just really, I kind of just struggling under sort of the the heftiness of such a thing. Um, but we, but everyone is processing and I know that the community in Atlanta, as well as the Asian American community across the country, as you mentioned, um, our prayers are with all of them. Absolutely. If anything comes out of this, we will bring that to you here on the podcast. Amy, we have some annual meeting news this week over to, uh, Mississippi. We go where Dusty Durbin is going to be nominated for second vice president of the Southern Baptist convention. Yes, we learned that this week, and of course, this is something that carries over from last year. We knew 
he had already been announced. And so in some cases, I wondered, would all of the nominations carry over? And so far, they they have. Uh, yeah, so some this, of them have, yeah. Right. So this is this is uh, Jonathan Jenkins. He's pastor of First Baptist Church in Kinston, Alabama. He is going to nominate Dusty Durbin. Um, Dusty Durbin is the pastor of Big Level Baptist Church in Wiggins, Mississippi. And again, not small level, big level. That's right. And uh, again, this is for second vice president. So he's now the second candidate to be announced this year, along with uh, Javier Chavez from Georgia. Yes, absolutely. Now, have you ever been to Wiggins? No, I've not. I, I haven't. Okay. I, I That's not surprising, by the way. I, I was not expecting you to have been to Wiggins. Um, but I've been to Wiggins. But I also went to school in Mississippi in high, you know, in college. So right. there's a reason for those things. Yes. So, yeah, I've been to Wiggins. Nice little small town. Yes. So. Well, he said he's uh, given three reasons that uh, for allowing himself to be nominated, a desire to be faithful and obedient to God's calling, commitment to the work of the SBC, and a desire to represent normative size Southern Baptist churches that give generously and serve faithfully through the cooperative efforts of the Southern Baptist Convention. Cool. All right. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye out for any more nominations. That's uh, two, like you said, for second vice president as of now. Also, uh, some news out of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board this week about how they are preparing for crossover this year. Crossover, again, takes place a couple of days before the annual meeting. And, you know, they're win Tennessee, kind of the, the theme of crossover this year. I love this, the photo in the story that's the big Tennessee welcomes you because that always makes me happy when I see that sign coming into the state. So they're asking churches around Middle Tennessee, churches and associations, to sponsor an evangelistic event on Saturday, June 12th, right before the convention, and then a Hoosier One rally on Sunday. And then NAM and the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board will provide training for churches for that. Yes. So we'll have more information on that, by the way. I know we haven't talked too much about it here on the podcast, but the Road to Nashville, the Road to Nashville.net, you can find out all that. We're doing this weekly web series about parts of the annual meeting and the crossover one coming next week. Mark Miller will be on with me on next week's episode. That's just dropping in like three days uh, on the 23rd of March. That one will drop and we'll talk a little bit about crossover. So if you, you read the story here, also catch the road to Nashville on Tuesday, watch our social media for that. It's in the newsletters as well. And it's also, uh, you know, at the road to Nashville.net. You can watch it every Tuesday and catch up on those. Uh, but we'll be talking a little bit more with Mark about crossover and how you can possibly be involved in that. I know uh, seminary students come in every year, help out with that, and a lot of other people coming in. So us in Middle Tennessee, it's also something I'm guessing my church will be involved with. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens with that. And, uh, you know, it should be an exciting time. So a lot of churches in the greater Nashville area, because Amy, they're they're going outside of just Nashville. It's the Nashville Baptist Association, as well as Wilson County, Bledsoe, Concord, Cumberland, Robertson County, and the JST Baptist Association. Not sure what the JST Baptist Association is. Um, maybe that's Jolton and something else. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Uh, but but your home county, Robertson County. That's right. That that one's involved. So um, yeah, I don't I don't see Cheatham County though, Amy. Yeah, I don't know. I got I got nothing. That. All right. Well, so if you want to be involved in crossover, uh, like I said, check out the story in Baptist Press as well as, you know, just uh, check out with the 
or check with the Tennessee Baptist Admission Board because they're providing training for churches and associations in the area to do that. All right, some news from Georgia. Michael Cat. I, I think a friend of the pod. I think he's he's a listener to the podcast. He has announced wow. his retirement at Sherwood Baptist in Georgia. I think he's tweeted about the podcast before. So I could be wrong, but if that's if he really is, cool, if, Michael, if you're if you're listening, if you're a friend of the pod, we appreciate you and and happy retirement. Yeah, very much so. There he's there in, and I'm going to get it right. Everybody's going to be proud of me. All Benny, Georgia. All Benny. There in. Yes, it's an uh, I, not the, an A. Yeah, you. It's right. You got to say it right. Uh, and obviously, it is known outside Albany by most people for Sherwood Pictures. Um, a lot. I mean, he's are, it's already known. The church is already known in the community just for how it has grown, for how it's, it's reached the area. But Sherwood Pictures, which formed in 2003, is the film company that made Fireproof, Courageous, um, facing the giants, things like that. And so a War lot of people room. know Michael. Ka- yes. War room. That's right. A lot of people know Michael cat from, from those movies, uh, or from, from the church, you know, making those movies. He's not like yeah. been, you know, he's, he's not starring. I in think them, he's you know been in them. Um, I think he's been in them though. Hadn't he? Yeah. But I don't know, but they don't know him from that. Yeah. Right. Right. So anyway, but they know of Sherwood and, and Sherwood, pictures yeah. doing this so he also served as president of the 2008 sbc pastors conference I'm trying to think where that would have been was that greensboro in 08 or was that indianapolis no, it was indianapolis i did indianapolis. not go um okay. I, I did not go that year yeah neither did i i didn't go i didn't start going until 2011 that's the one so. where i show my showed my sbc nerddom when Nathan Finn had to go and but couldn't take the whole family and Leah Finn came up oh. to my house in Virginia and we put the kids in front of television for two straight days and streamed it in the kitchen. That's very committed to do that that we were yes. we were watching on live stream the whole time. Yeah, I watched it with a couple of friends from WMU in one of the conference rooms at WMU. So we got the projector out, put it on the wall. And watched it that way while we worked. Brought our laptops down there, set up, and and worked and watched the convention. I feel like at least you were at an auxiliary of the convention. You weren't just like, hey, kids, watch some more cartoons. We'll give you some more, you know, cookies and snacks. And let, you know, let your moms go watch the convention online in the kitchen. That just seems, that's commitment. I just want to want to That's that. next level there. Yep, yeah, at absolutely. least you're at work. Okay. So. Congratulations to Michael Cat on his, uh, I think, 32 years of service. Wow, at, that's uh, incredible. At Sherwood. So uh, just amazing. I've been there since 1989. So, yep, 32 years of service at Sherwood Baptist Church down there in Albany, Georgia. All right, uh, some news, of, of kind of a follow-up, Amy, of a story we brought you a couple of weeks ago. The SBC had disfellowshipped four churches at the executive committee meeting. Among them was Antioch Baptist Church in Sevierville, Tennessee. The pastor of that church, Randy... The pastor of that church, Randy Lemming Jr., has since resigned his position as pastor of Antioch Baptist. That's right. And the the reason that Antioch Baptist was disfellowshipped was for employing a pastor who was convicted of a sex offense. And um, this came after um, he resigned on February 28th, which was the Sunday following. 
Yes. Now, he had not been the pastor of that church when he committed his offense in 1998. It was uh, two counts of statutory rape of a minor. He was 31. She was in her teens. And uh, he had served time and then come to the church later. And they had made him pastor after his jail sentence. But he's still a convicted sex offender, and um, but no longer the pastor at Antioch Baptist Church. And then finally, some sad news, Amy. This came in after we had uh, recorded last week. We recorded a little bit early. Uh, but Louis Palau, the globetrotting evangelist, as it says in the Baptist Press headline, uh, passed away last week at age 86. Yeah, you know, I first heard of him, I think, when I was working at, at Lifeway, but very quickly realized the impact that, that he had had. Um, the Louis Palau Association, which works out of Oregon, they estimated that over the last 50 years, they've reached 30 million people in 75 countries. Uh, really incredible, just um, gatherings all over the world. There's a list, you know, London, Hong Kong, Singapore, Chicago, uh, lots of places. And, uh, and, and so this is very sad. He'd been sick for a while. So it kind of, kind of new, but this is, there's a Baptist press article from last week that was posted and added in, I'm sorry, and has some quotes from Ronnie Floyd, as well as Julio Ariola, uh, from the executive committee, just talking about his impact. So very, very important to highlight that. We're thankful for his service and definitely praying for his family. Yeah. And I think the story got it correctly when they called him the Latino Billy Graham. That, that's a, a pretty yeah, apt description and, yep. and quite fitting. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week at SBC History. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1979 to a uh, a conference that was held. I think I've talked about this conference before, but I don't believe I've done this story. It was the Southern Baptist Computer Users Association. Yeah, we have talked about this group before. Yeah, so in 1979, they were having their eighth annual meeting. They were meeting in Dallas, Texas, I believe. And uh, there were 49 Southern Baptist Agency representatives there. So this is where basically, you know, remember, a lot of our entities came into being way before computers were being used. So then as they start kind of coming online with these things, uh, I guess they were working, working together. So they had a speaker, Arthur Scott from IBM, and he predicted that the storage of data on electrons would likely be a computer industry reality in 20 years. This was a major story in Baptist Press, um, and I just found that very interesting. Information story on electrons likely. It said many of the innovations will lead to the storage of larger amounts of information at reduced costs, Scott said. Now think about when he was doing this in 1979. You've got like all these people from Southern Baptist agencies coming together learning. I can't imagine what it must have cost to have all of their computer systems. And then he stands up there and says, hey, one day we'll be able to store things on electrons. And now think about it. Every like I would I would guess that some seminaries were were involved in this. Now, seminary classrooms are full of students who are carrying all of their information on phones, iPads, computers. I mean, we've got all this stuff, but I would imagine in 1979 that was just 
unfathomable to say that you could store information on these tiny computer chips. Um, So to read that in 2021 is pretty incredible um, to think about it. And also to even think about, because everyone, almost every Southern Baptist, or a lot of them anyway, are computer users of some sort, whether it's their phones or uh, in their homes. And to think we had an association and annual meetings and everything. But As you and I are sitting here on our laptops recording this over Zoom, where uh, as soon as this is over, I will upload an audio file to Dropbox and it'll sync right up to where you are nine hours away. They were also doing things related with computers and talking about the ability to store incredible amounts of information in little small places this week in SBC history. We need to bring back the SBC Computer Users Network or whatever it was called. Yeah, so, it's pretty incredible. You get, you get get to work on that, Amy. But it's crazy to think that what like they couldn't get their mind around, and now, like everything we do, we just take it for granted. Right. Now. That's yeah. this is just how we live. So it's kind of nuts. It's it's normal. It's ubiquitous. Yeah. To us. All right. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is. All right. It's a new book that's coming out. I like to bring these up whenever I have a new find. It's uh, You can get it for pre-order. It's not going to release until April 13th, but it's supposed to be the definitive biography of Nancy Reagan. So oh, I love to give okay. my first lady finds, especially because sometimes like first lady biographies come out and they're, you know, everybody's talking about them. It's a big deal. People know about it. But then ones that will come of maybe earlier earlier first ladies they don't get as much time and there may be some of some listeners who would be interested so i'm very excited i've already pre-ordered this so it will show up on my doorstep on april 13th um but they are saying it is it's kind of one of the best ones as far as research things like this most extensive biography so Who's far Karen Tumulty wrote it, but it, they, okay. they say it's a lot of a lot of extensive research. Good, um, good reviews. Michael Beschloss, who is a um, yeah. well-known presidential historian, said new revelations and insights of one of the most consequential women in American history, and uh, some other historians have given it given it really good reviews. Doris Kearns Goodwin said it will remain the gold standard of books on first ladies for generations to come. So, you know, when I read it, oh, wow. when I read a statement like that, I, that's, that's quite a statement. Right I got to get it. I got to get it. That's a, so that's, it's going to come and, uh, and go in my library, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So how many Nancy Reagan biographies do you have now? One? No, I, I think I maybe have two or three. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. My goal has always been to have one on each first lady or or at least something cuz some first ladies were so um there's not a lot on them from the earlier years. There's maybe not a lot on them or their tenure was really short or some of them died before their husband was elected, but they still get counted as first lady. And so you can't really get a biography on them, but maybe there's a book that has more information on them. So my goal is to build a library that has something on every one of them. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, my resource of the week is actually kind of this week in the SBC, which is Church Planning Sunday. This Sunday is Church Planning Sunday across the SBC where we celebrate church planning, which Kind of makes sense since it's Church Planning Sunday. And we've had a couple of really cool stories this past week at Baptist Press, so we'll put a couple of links to those 
and about how churches are planting churches, because we want to be a convention of churches that plant churches. And that's one of the uh, the goals that we have, uh, especially at NAM. And a lot of our churches across the convention participate in that and are part of that. Uh, we, we've talked extensively to leaders in the convention that are involved in church planning over the past few years on the podcast here. We've talked about different church plants or church planters and their involvement. So uh, it's it's a good thing to see. And I, I don't, Amy, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but some of those graphics that Nam has been sharing about where churches were in X city in 2010 and where they are today because of church planning. It's just amazing to see the difference, the contrast. I saw one recently on New Orleans. I think I've seen one in uh, maybe Montreal, maybe Detroit, a couple of cities like that. But these sin cities and how they've been transformed with church plants over the past decade is just tremendous. That's really cool. Well, that's that's uh, that's neat, and I'm glad we have that day. Yeah. Glad we do as well. So uh, Church Planning Sunday this week in the SBC. So you can uh, celebrate that at your church. If your church is a, a church plant, maybe you consider uh, maybe a special offering uh, for a church that is uh, that you sponsor for church planting uh, this week or something like that. I don't know. Uh, you can do whatever you want, really. It's uh, your church. So, But that'd be kind of a neat thing to do on Church Planting Sunday this week in the SBC. All right, that's going to do it for our news this week. I'll be back in the office next week, Amy. Looking forward to getting back after it, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.